3: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome into the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast on this Friday, December 16th. My name is DJ Trainer. I'm joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken Kreitz. All aboard! You can find us on Twitter at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, AudioBoom, and directly on the RotoWire website itself. Feel free to leave a nice review. You know, we'd love to have it. Quite a bit to get to today on this Friday. I know we have a hard out here, gentlemen, so let's do it. I'm kind of excited. We're at the point in the season where... Stuff is happening. Uh, did you guys know that yesterday was the deadline, or not the deadline, but the first date that teams could trade players that were signed over the offseason? And so Nick, Nick and I talked about it a little bit on Wednesday. Obviously, trades haven't happened yet, but any trade that will happen between now and the deadline is eligible to happen right now. So we are kind of on watch, and I'm excited, Ken, that trades could happen at any point now.
1: I didn't. I haven't yet heard yesterday's pod. Uh, who did you guys expect most likely to be dealt
3: yeah, I, I, we've kind of like slowly but surely gone over that. Waylon was tempering my expectations. You know, I was more treating yesterday like Christmas morning, I was just like waiting for somebody to be traded, and there's
1: no <laughs> the pressure for that. But entire nugget roster, maybe? Yeah, All and, and, and,
3: but, you know, like somebody like a DeMarcus Cousins, uh, like guys like Garrett Temple, I think maybe Matt Barnes, those guys that were signed during the offseason— If they were going to be included in a deal, a larger deal, teams had to wait for pieces like that to become eligible as of yesterday. So, uh, you know, Cousins can move along with some other players and and so on.
1: All right. Well, let's get into the news. A lot of point guard stuff Uh, here in Boston. Isaiah Thomas finally coming back. Seas were one and three without him. Uh, supposed Supposed to play tonight at home versus Charlotte, though that has not officially been approved by the team. But that's good news. Uh, what other point, uh, point guard news we got, DJ?
3: Mike Conley, my return this weekend, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a little earlier than everybody thought, uh, meaning only a four week absence, of course, instead of the projected six. Uh, Tony Douglas, Andrew Harrison, maybe even somebody like a Troy Douglas, Shannon that, uh, or not Troy Douglas. Um, well, they cut Troy Douglas. Yeah, they
1: y- cut. They cut Douglas, which kind of kind of gives uh some deeper meaning to the rumors that he is indeed coming back earlier
3: yeah no that makes sense um troy daniels is who has trying to think of somebody that i've picked up in some leagues there's just been absolutely raining threes while simultaneously destroying my field goal percentage shannon
2: yeah and it basically means if you spent all of your fab money on andrew harrison you're pretty it, much safe to drop him after this weekend ken <laughs> ken
1: yeah that would be me i spent 41 out of 100 and uh you know, I was actually leaning on Conley's injury woes last year thinking this could linger. But uh, also Harrison, as soon as he became a starter, no matter who he was playing, was shooting like around 30 percent. Just terrible. So, yeah, I totally wasted my 40 uh, percent of my free agent money there.
2: Done. Gone. Happens to the best and worst of us, Ken. No worries.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Last night, uh, New York Knicks took on Golden State in Oakland. Of course, Derrick Rose missed Thursday's game, third of five, due to back spasms. Um, Carmelo Anthony also sat with a quote unquote shoulder issue. I'm I'm thinking that this is you know away games in Oakland are turning into like kind of like a rest slash. Uh, bye week uh, for some teams and I'm not terribly concerned for Carmelo especially or for Derek Rose because I think that this is the smart play moving forward Shannon that you know you're going to lose so just sit your players and take a bye
2: yeah and Carmelo had actually came out earlier in the day or, or the night before after after a game he had mentioned that it was about time for him to have a day off. He needed some rest. So I don't believe there's a, a lingering issue or, or anything really injury concerned to worry about with Carmelo. Just a day off and, and a good day to take off. Uh, they're not. They're probably not going to beat the Warriors on the road. So so why even bother with it? Same thing with Derrick Rose. I think it was more of a maintenance or rest day than than actually back issues that he experienced earlier in the week.
1: Is it too late to trade high on trade high on Rose?
2: If you own them. I just assume the breakdown's coming. Well, and I think there I don't know if there was ever an opportunity to sell high because everyone is going to assume that. So yeah. with Derrick Rose, I mean luckily his draft day price tag wasn't very high. So yeah. if you have him, you just you're gonna enjoy. It. If he plays 70 games and, and is relatively productive, you're gonna enjoy the ride. There there's really never gonna be an opportunity to sell high unless The only way you could sell high on him is if he turned into MVP candidate Derek Rose again, which will never happen. Never happen.
3: You know what's funny, though, is that there's always that guy out there in their league, right, who's just like your casual NBA fan that's always been over drafting Rose over the last few years, like drafting him too high. And he was such a big deal that I think that there's still some of kind of like there's some value from years past still packed in there. So if he does put together a nice string of games, you never know. There's that one or two guy. I mean, we have a guy in our staff keeper league. I think he owns Rose now. But if you kind of like baited him with Derrick Rose after a good five game stint, I I think there'd be some some people that would bite on that and maybe overpay.
2: And interesting, like, Derrick Rose was actually never a great fantasy player, even when he was winning winning the MVP. I think that was the only year he was, like, a top 30 fantasy player. Most years he wouldn't crack that because he didn't hit enough threes and he got absolutely nothing on the defensive end. So he was always kind of just a, a one of those weird fantasy types. Even guy like Carmelo was actually would be a similar comp because Carmelo used to not hit enough threes or get defensive stats. So while you had to draft him in, like, the second round – he would only return like top, you know, 40 to 50 value.
3: Ken, I got a question for you here. So we talked about how, you know, teams could potentially, teams and coaches rest when they head to Oakland. I made the point earlier today on 120 Sports that, you know, when teams – when the Warriors come into another place – that that's actually a decent play for your home guys and that they won't be resting because the Warriors are going to draw the biggest crowd at every arena this year, and it seems like this is a game that your star players on your, you know, your Memphis team, your Milwaukee team, whatever, are going to play up and play a big game. So I actually think that um, when the Warriors come to town, it's not bad to play them, but when they go to Oakland, stay away.
1: Uh, you know, I like that a lot, especially more than I mean, the crowds are nice, but also just the fast pace. The the pace of play is, you know, the uh, maybe, uh, you know, this better than I, Shannon, where where do the uh, Warriors rank in, uh, you know, shot attempts per game or pace of play? I know they're right up there with Houston and
2: yeah, they've got to be top three or four. Um and, and you're right. The pace pay is going the the over under on those every Warriors game is going to be the highest of the day. Um, so it, it's going to be pretty astronomical. And, and you have seen even last year, you know, you had this dominant Warriors team, but you had teams like Milwaukee would play up and beat the Warriors, or the Pistons would beat the Warriors when when they would come Detroit or Milwaukee. And you saw that teams definitely play up, and, and the starters are a little bit more valuable at home. All right. Some
1: bad news at point guard. Well, I guess Derek Rose was also bad news with his uh, missing games. But uh, perennials, everyone's favorite sleeper this offseason, someone I pushed a ton. Jared Bayless had surgery yesterday, season-ending surgery on his left wrist. And he is now going to be out for the season. So for those of you who are hiding him on your IR slot, if your league has that, you can let him go and Put T.J. Warren or someone else there, but uh, Bayless is gone, meaning Sergio Rodriguez no longer flashing the plan- pan. He's got season-long value, right, guys?
2: Maybe. Um, my my question is: After T.J. McConnell's big game uh, as a spot starter, is it possible that he 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 <laughs> eclipses Sergio Rodriguez on the depth? I wanted
1: to mention this last week. I thought I think T.J. McConnell's nickname should be the cockroach because he will not go away. <laughs>
2: Dude, every, time <laughs> really kill, every time they try to kill, every
1: time they try to kill T.J. McConnell, he's back and getting minutes. And you're like, what?
2: He just he had that monster game, almost put up a triple double. You know, he had like tw- twenty, twelve, and nine or something ridiculous. I, I don't know. The thing is about it is Sergio Rodriguez is not very good.
1: <laughs> oh, agreed. And I mean, th- is this year three of the seventy sixers trying to get even a mediocre point guard and? Yeah, Rodriguez, it's all about minutes, but uh Rodriguez not good. Not good.
2: So yeah, Rodriguez, if you if you ha if you own him, um you should be happy about the- or well this news is reassuring for his value going <laughs> yeah, forward. Right. Uh, if he's if he's available, he's worth scooping up. I'm just gonna throw it out there that I won't be surprised if at some point T J McConnell rises to the top co- to the top. He's the cream of the crop. Come on, man.
3: Well, how about this, though? Ben Simmons is is back in practice. He's lim- limited practice. He's going to be running point for them. That, that's a given. That We know that already. So uh, I do agree that it's an interesting battle between Rodriguez and McConnell. And, you know, assists are hard to find. So I think there's value to be had in each of those players, no matter what their roles are moving forward, because assists are really hard to find. But when Ben Simmons is a full, full go, uh, he's going to be the man there. Although, I'm kind of expecting them to do like in every other thing like they've been doing with Embiid. So you're going to have spotty value with Rodriguez yep. and McConnell for the rest of the season, and it's going to be incredibly frustrating. But, again, assists are hard to find. If, if you can uncover them one way or another, I think you certainly should be looking at the Sixers' backcourt.
2: Yeah, and those guys, especially – you know, Maybe if you're in a season-long league that has daily roster moves, those are going to be guys who can plug in and out, um, depending on, on if Simmons is sitting. Um, it will be interesting, too, to see how they handle the rotation once Simmons is back in the mix, because you're going to want to plug three-point shooters around him. So he's going to be the de facto point guard. Even if he's not officially listed as a point guard, he's going to be the point guard of the team. The offense can going to be running through him a guy like Sergio Rodriguez or TJ McConnell, where their primary skill is having the ball in their hands, playmaking, you know, getting assists, they're they're kind of rendered useless with
1: But what with you, what you're really saying is you're pretty confident on an early Simmons return. I guess I'm not there yet. The I need to go read.
2: Re- the news is trending yep. that way. I yeah. mean, he him and the coach both been talking it up the last couple of weeks, so it's trending in that direction that a January return is actually possible. Uh, All right,
1: well, in future podcast notes, though, I'm going to come up with news bullets uh, for McConnell, just so I can say the cockroach,
3: <laughs> I like it. That, that's one Look of your better. I, I'm going to cut that out and just use it as a text ringtone. The cockroach. <laughs> uh, before we move on, uh, do we end with
1: ta- end with our last nugget of good news, DJ? We do have some nice news. Top news. End with that last nugget.
3: Well, I want I want to talk about real quick before we get to Jokic. I, I want to ask oh. you guys. Uh, there's one other player that's already been ruled out for the remainder of the season. It's a given. It's, it's he's out for the season. Do you know who it is? Because most people don't. I've been asking, and nobody knows who that other. So Bayless is obviously the second one, but who was the very first one? All right, I expected crickets. That's what I've been getting so far. Uh, Nikola Pekovic in Minnesota. He was ruled out. Oh, no. Yeah, he was ruled out for the season, like in the preseason. And basically, it's more, maybe perhaps more so his contract than anything. He is in no way part of their future past or their future or present. But yeah.
1: I actually said, oh, no, only because I know he's one of Shanky's favorites. He's a Shanky favorite.
3: (laughs) I forgot he existed, so.
1: Frankenstein yeah uh, if he doesn't have that as a nickname yet that that would be it he
2: he looks exactly like the uh one of the bad guys from Superman 2
1: yes uh, yeah. <laughs> not one two Superman from
3: one II. Nikola to another Nikola Jokic is starting yeah. for Denver uh drafted very high Nikola. Shannon in the preseason and he's starting to somewhat live up to potential uh, people were panicking but now it's kind of time to just stand pat yeah he, he's He's been great the
2: past two weeks. He's been a top thirty fantasy player. Um, in just twenty-four minutes per game over that stretch, he's shooting seventy percent from the floor, eighty-seven percent from the line, seventeen points, eight and a half rebounds, three point and eight assists, which he's one of the best passing big men in the league. If if you want to be entertained for ten minutes, go YouTube
3: his passing last highlights. Night, last he had nights. an amazing oh. one to free. Oh
2: it was so it was so <laughs> sick. It was so sick. Um, the thing
3: about him is that his facial expressions sell it. Like he was literally looking away in a haze, and it was his facial expressions are what put it over the top for me. <laughs> it's crazy. No, it was great. And he, he can get you some block shots too.
2: I, I love the guy. I think he's a great play. Denver's finally come around. they they've been giving him more minutes. He's now in the starting lineup. Uh, they also blew up last night. I mean, they they destroyed Portland. So mm-hmm. I just I can't. They're going to stick with it. I think he's the starter going forward for that team. Uh, I've been saying all along, backing him over Nurkic, and it's, it's finally coming true. So if you could trade for him, do that. You're not going to be able to scoop him up. I mean, he was ranked top 40 heading into the year, and now he's producing
3: like it. All right, I'm still. I'm still, oh, I'm
1: still impressed with the the transition DJs from one Nikola to another. That that's fantastic.
3: Do you know the third Nikola in the in the league? This is going to turn. No. There's a third <laughs> one. There's three Nikolas in the league. Uh, I'm going to guess Anderson. Know, Anderson. <laughs> Vucevic, come on, down in Orlando. That's a guy that's moved to the bench.
1: oh yeah. He's yeah. geez. Shannon. There are
3: three Nikolas <laughs> in, in Nikola the league. Nikola O'Brien.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just went itch. I was hoping I was close and you guys would just assume I was mispronouncing it versus just guessing.
3: That's not a bad, not a bad guess. Ken, it's time for a new segment on the show. I'm very happy to say that I believe this will be a staple moving forward on this Friday podcast. It's time for Ken's crazy old man rant.
1: Ah, in my day, no one wanted to get Wally pipped or to put it in today's terms, Tony Romo. Pip was the New York Yankee first baseman before Lou Iron Horse Gehrig. But now we give trios of superstars a day of rest 25 games into the season. That is absurd. I mean, I get it. It was a back to back. You know, this is with the Cavs uh, and Memphis had a home and away back to back. And LeBron's a 14 year vet. He certainly gets, you know, deserves a day off. But Cleveland also sat Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. In fact, they let Irving sit out the entire home and away versus uh, Memphis. ah! If Cal Ripken were dead, he'd be rolling over in his grave right now. (laughs) (laughs) The the new CBA that was just announced this week is supposed to help this. Next year, the NBA is cutting the preseason short and is going to start the real season a week early. I think that's a great move. Who cares about NBA preseason friendly? But the league does admit they're still, for some reason, will be back-to-backs. So you know what I say? Why not just shorten the season? In the early 60s, they played 80 per season, not 82. Why not just cut you know just cut it back to 78 or 76 no more back to backs or how about this just play your bench more you know we don't have to go uh, the Thibodeau route there those guys 8 9 10 11 12 are getting a paycheck everyone should earn their paycheck eh. and that is my old rant old man rant of the week
2: that was good i liked that a lot that was good i don't i don't necessarily one uh, one they're never going to cut back the season for any sport you know you hear the same thing for for baseball and basketball, cut it back 70 games a year, 76, you know, only 150 baseball games. That's never going to happen. There's too much money that would be lost if they, if they did that. So I just don't envision them ever doing that.
1: I oh, and I, I forgot to mention my favorite sign. A, so the, the buzz all around Twitter was a kid holding up a sign that said, travel four hours and spend $800 to see LeBron and he's at home. You know, it's uh it's a legitimate argument. But I hear you, Shannon. The money's too big. The money's too big.
2: And I'm okay with it. I, ideally, they would they would rest one guy at a time um, instead yeah. of all three of their starters. And you'd think, from a competitive standpoint, that would make a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to be frustrated about it. And if I were if if I went to a as a Pistons fan, if I went to a Pistons game, and when they come to Milwaukee, for instance. If they sat drumming Reggie Jackson and whoever hell you considered a third best player on that team uh, that same night, (laughs) I wouldn't give two craps. Um, I would enjoy watching Hillard and and Stanley Johnson play that game just as much as I would see the stars.
1: Well, but you know what? That kind of that gets to my point, though. Play your bench more then. just play the bench. I think real fans want to know who those guys are at the end and see if they have much of a future.
3: That's fair. Shannon, you and I went to an Oklahoma City game uh, against Milwaukee a couple years ago, a few years ago, back when the Thunder were dealing with a ton of injuries. They had... Durant on the bench, Westbrook on the bench, everybody. Lance Thomas was starting for that team back before anybody even knew who he was and who yeah. before he was on the Knicks. Um, and we still had a great time. That was still really fun. It was good yeah. competitive NBA basketball, um, and that was for legitimate reasons. That you know, one thing that Nick Whalen said, and I have to agree with him, um, even though we somewhat took different sides. LeBron James doesn't owe anything to the city of Memphis, right? If you want to see LeBron James play, go to Cleveland because that's where he plays <laughs> basketball, um, and so that certainly is a fair statement. Um, you know, I'm kind of wondering. Though,
1: though, I'll bet anything in Memphis's, uh, meet, you know, uh, marketing scheme, they've got, like most teams do, sort of a top game package where they're oh, highlighting yes. comes
3: Oh, yeah.
2: You're totally I'm right. You're totally you know?
1: right. Um, well, we we can talk about this to death. It really doesn't have much fantasy implications. No, so it does. Sh-
3: it it totally oh? does. Because you know okay. what? Because in that game Ken, J.R. Smith was supposed to be the best player on the court for the Cavaliers and he put up a dud. He was 88% owned Wait, in a, in the Reliable
1: biggest- Jarr Reliable, yeah. J. reliable right. <J>. Smith.
3: <laughs> yeah, and, and then James Jones comes off the bench and he's the leading scorer in that game against Memphis. And so you really do have to be careful in terms of fantasy is even though if a roster completely turns over, you know, these guys that are going to see a bunch of minutes aren't necessarily going to be producing as high as the other guys did in front of them. If they could do that, Shannon, they would be probably starting or playing more somewhere else. Yeah. And, and usually you're going to have
2: a sub come in in that scenario that will be able to rack up the counting stats. J.R. Smith is one of those. He's not a unique guy. There's tons of guys like this, but all he is is a scorer. That's all he can do. So even when LeBron and Love and, and Kyrie are playing, Jr. Smith can go out there and score 30 points because he'll get hot and hit eight of 10 three-pointers in a game. The next two games, he'll only hit two of 10 three-pointers and not do a damn thing. That's just J.R. Smith. And that's what we saw when he sub, when when he was supposed to be the lead dog with all those guys out. Is He just wasn't shooting well that night, so it didn't work out. He's risky. Uh, when you're going with a guy who's just sole reliance is scoring and primarily outside shooting there's going to be lots of duds like that it's why you see guys like ryan anderson uh bogdanovich these guys they can have big fantasy games but they're reliant on their three-point shot and unless they're going six for eight from downtown they're probably gonna put up a dud for you
1: they're crapshoot guys they're either going to be awesome or terrible for you and they're you know uh well, good points. Good points, gentlemen. Well, let's take a somber note. Uh, as most people may know by now, uh, the NBA lost a legend uh, uh, in NBA reporter Craig Sager, also a Northwe- fellow Northwestern alum. He passed away yesterday, succumbing to his long uh, battle with cancer. Um, many teams paying tribute last night, which is t- totally appropriate. One of my favorite pictures of uh, Craig Sager, is, he he was Willie the Wildcat at Northwestern. He was the guy inside the suit, which if you think about what a fun, awesome personality Sager was, I can totally see him having a blast with that. But uh, a, a somber note, do you guys have any favorite Craig Sager memories? I,
3: I never had the opportunity to meet him, although one of my best friends did about five or six years ago, um, back when he went to the University of Tulsa. They hosted a regional NCAA bracket right uh, for the, the NCAA basketball tournament and my friend was the stats guy so after the end of each quarter you would take a sheet of stats and hand it out to each media person and at the end of the line at the end of the first quarter of the first game of this regional Craig Sager was at the end and he got to hang, hand a piece of paper to Craig Sager and say that he helped Sager you know do his job and whatnot and my friend immediately texted me and we just were gushing over the fact that he got to hand Craig Sager a piece of paper so um, I that's that's my the closest I, I ever got to him but obviously he was pretty beloved across the right. industry
2: I just right. I, I will always love his interactions with Popovich um, that's where I was that, going to the, you know, that, the one thing I, I mean his suits his suits and outfits are amazing and his interactions with Popovich so if you don't know much about Sager definitely YouTube his uh him and Popovich because those are the best
1: There's also a great YouTube clip where they show – this is before Sager got sick – where Kevin Garnett just goes off on him on how ugly his clothing is. (laughs) That's pretty funny. A precursor to Garnett's uh, TNT show now. But, uh, yeah, lots of wonderful Sager clips. I'm sure there will be some wonderful um, um, farewell uh, highlight reels put together on YouTube soon. But uh, uh, unfortunate passing of Craig Sager yesterday. All right, gentlemen, with that, let's move on to Shanuski's – and DJs and a little K trains uh, uh DFS guidance for tonight, big slate tonight
2: shannon indeed uh, and there there's some good value picks out there for tonight. uh Kemba Walker has already been ruled out of of action on Friday for a personal reason, and Ramon Sessions. Ramon 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 I'm going to call him Ramon. Ramon sessions. Uh, 4,300 versus Boston. He's, he's the spot starter for Kemba Walker. Um, I also really like Nick Batum. He's 7,400. Yeah. Uh, Batum's been on a roll. He actually leads Charlotte in assists. So if, if you're picking up sessions thinking he's going to have a bunch of assists on Friday night, I don't expect him to. I think he'll score 20 points or so um, and he'll still have maybe a handful of assists. But Nick Batum is going to, he's leading this team in assists already and he's probably going to have seven or eight dimes on Friday night.
3: I like that. Yeah, I like I, that. I love Batum, a guy that's like perennially priced in the low 7000s and can shoot up there. And if you got 50 fantasy to. Points tonight. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think any of you guys would be surprised. Somebody that I'm going to take a look at tonight in terms of value, if we want to talk about value, Terrence Jones playing against his former employer, the Houston Rockets. Now, Jones spent the first four years of his career in the NBA with Houston. They never really incorporated him into their long term future. They really devalued him, started him, moved him to the bench, and um, you know they just didn't treat him with a lot of respect that you normally see uh, you know your rookies and your sophomore players being treated now with other teams that you know you're gonna have them and so I think he has a lot to play for tonight he's been playing power forward alongside Anthony Davis while Davis plays center um, you know Jones has had value against regular opponents much less tonight I love 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 revenge games in the NBA I think they totally I just go
1: say th- this combines two of your favorites Terrence Jones and revenge games
3: exactly I know I think I think more so than any other sport NBA uh, revenge games completely matter um so revenge game alert terrence jones tonight against houston
1: all right nice nice i'm i'll start with maybe more of a chalky pick uh a lot of you know you guys are saving a lot of money with what you've mentioned i'd spend some of the bigger bucks on kyle lowry tonight 8600 against atlanta atlanta is second worst in giving up fantasy points to point guards Lowry's uh pretty steady in carrying that uh Raptor team so uh anyway I'd spend the 8600 on Lowry tonight
2: I'm with you I, I like him as the he's he's my expensive point guard uh pick of the night I like him as well um I'm gonna go back to the other end of that spectrum and f- dig up some value plays though I've got two more Bob Covington um five thousand dollars against the Lakers any Robert should be known as Bob that's just I like that. Now yeah. on. So Bob Covington, he he's really been turning things around. Um his shot was off for so long, uh or in in the early going. He started to turn things around and then he got injured, missed a few games. Now he's back and, and he's he's hitting shots. He's getting rebounds, and he's always good def- he's a really good defensive player, so he gets blocks and steals. He's coming off a forty point fantasy outing against Toronto. Matchup against LA is good. Five thousand dollar price tag. I like it. Better known as Ham Sandwich around here.
1: Why is he ham? First of all, I also have Covington in my lineups. Why is he ham sandwich?
3: Uh, famously, I, I'm notorious for just loving Covington too much around the office. And then, you know, I'll talk You have about that inflatable
1: and, Covington bo- doll in your cube there.
3: Yeah, pretty much. And then basically somebody <laughs> told me one day when we're having an office-wide discussion, I wouldn't trade Robert Covington for a ham sandwich. And so around the office, we, we call him Ham Sandwich. That's a good nickname. I like it. I'm sure he would love it if I told him the story. I'm sure he'd be thrilled to know that, I'll call that's him. what we call him. I'll yeah. call him
2: after the podcast and we'll, we'll tell him about it.
3: Aaron Gordon but, is somebody that you have, Ken, and Brooklyn. Uh, I do.
1: So they, coming off a career night. Coming off a career. I mean, really, just I'm trying to play the hot hand. He's super cheap at 4700 And Brooklyn gives up the most fantasy points to small forwards. i do not Not sure I consider Gordon a small ford, though, you know, the Magic are trying to make him into that. And that's certainly where he qualifies on FanDuel. But, uh, uh I generally hate Aaron Gordon's shot, but he's coming off a career night. I'm gonna to try to ride him while he's hot and while he's cheap.
2: Yeah, he hit four three pointers that night. He was thirteen for twenty-one. One thing to caution though is he played he played forty minutes. You had mentioned three career high in points. Yeah. It was a blowout loss. Like it looked close. They only ended up losing the game by five, but they were down by I think it was over twenty points to the Clippers that night, and that's the reason why he played forty minutes. I think it's still a good thing, and I think he's still a good option for Friday night. Though I, I believe that they're gonna, it probably opened the eyes of the Magic a little bit. Okay, this
3: guy can actually go out there and do this. What's you, you think that? Excuse me, I'm, I had to turn my mic back on. You think that's what opened their eyes? Like, it seems like they're blind where where we we see it perfectly clear, and they've just completely mistreated him so far. I, I agree, they have, but I just I, a performance like that has to at least
2: open the crack the door open to more minutes and not just run them out there for twenty minutes with the starting lineup. I i I'm, I guarantee they, they extend that leash a
3: little bit moving forward after after that matcha performance on Wednesday. Ken Ken, we just heard a guarantee on this podcast. We heard a guarantee. Guarantee yeah. yeah. The <laughs> final player that we'll talk about, uh, I'll bring him up here, Giannis. He's the fourth-highest player on FanDuel tonight behind Harden, Davis, and Cousins. Last night, you know, we're, we've been talking about back-to-backs. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to head down to Chicago. Not a long trip at all. Uh, he put up 57 fantasy points last night against Chicago. Shannon, I know you were kicking yourself for not including him in, in the majority of your lineups last night. What's stopping you from using him tonight against the exact same team he just put up fantasy, 57 points on last night? Okay. I like him, and I
2: currently have him in my lineup. I probably will stick with him. He's he's the most expensive player that I am targeting for for Friday night. couple of concerns. One, it's the second end of a back-to-back. Yeah, and that's two, why I dodged him. Yeah, and two, I mean, tr- throughout the season, Jimmy Butler has done a damn good job shutting down opposing twos and threes, whoever the lead dog is at that position. So... I was actually surprised that Giannis had as big of a game as he did. Um, Maybe he's just matchup proof. I mean, we saw him go off against Cleveland. Um, He's just—it's almost like he plays better when the competition's higher. So I'm fine rolling him out there. I will—I will be surprised if he repeats a 57-point outing,
3: but he should still challenge 50 points. I like it quite a bit. Monte Ellis is another guy in that category that when the defenses look opposing and intimidating for whatever reason, that motivates him to go out there. But I think the the best thing you said there is that Giannis is matchup proof. And I really don't ever have much hesitation playing him against anybody. The one, I mean,
2: Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard were like the only two guys who worried me. So that's why I I avoided
3: them uh, last night. And, Maybe it's just Kawhi. Maybe Kawhi is the only one I should be scared wow. of. That's amazing stuff. All right, Ken. I think that's all we've got in terms of Friday DFS talk. Why don't you get us out of here?
1: All right, gentlemen. Well, t- tonight's outro quote is from a longtime NBA coach Rick Adelman. He was talking about Reggie Evans when he said, "And Revi- Reggie Evans, you talk about Vladi being a flopper. This guy Evans is taking it to a whole new level." He goes down when the air conditioning comes on. (laughs) Attention, passengers! This three-car fantasy train has hit the...